and welcome to RPO Extra, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra podcast. RPO Extra as a series gives you, its listener, an insight into the workings of one of the most accomplished orchestras in the world. In this edition, we have something new for the podcast. We have a round table, socially distanced conversation with three of the RPO's current players. Hi there, uh, my name's Katie Ayling and I'm the principal bass clarinet of the RPO. Hi, I am Sally, Sally Wynne-Ryan, and I'm a member of the second violin section in the RPO. Hi, my name's Eric Chapman and I'm a member of the first violin section of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Those are my guests, there's a lot to talk about, so let's get going. This week marks National Mental Health Awareness Week across the UK. In keeping with it, we've been talking about the issues arising from life in lockdown, particularly from the point of view of being a professional musician and performer. To start our discussion, I asked Katie, Sally and Eric what they'd been doing since the government restrictions over COVID-19 were first introduced on the 23rd of March. Katie started the ball rolling. Well, it's been a variety of things. Uh, I've been doing courses online. I've been practicing yoga. I've been going for walks every day. Uh, Crystal Palace Park is just up the road, which is really nice. What else? I've been cooking. I've been connecting with lots of friends. I, I have a spiritual practice. I've been doing a lot of meditation and journaling and studying that kind of thing as well. So it's been really nice. Oh yeah, and I practice French as well. No music at all? Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, of course. I've been practicing as well. It's been up and down, but mostly mostly been happening every day. Your colleagues will be delighted by that. Sally, how about you? Why have you been keeping yourself busy? Hi, um, yeah, I've mainly been doing about nine hours practice a day. No, um, I've been so busy though, and I feel really lucky that I've been busy because it's keeping my mind active. I'm kind of involved in a lot of things with um, RPO, quite a lot of behind the scenes things going on. I'm on the board for the RPO, so that takes up a little bit of time. I'm also helping out with a lot of online projects and also our um, our outreach and community department, Resound. We've been meeting up and putting together various projects that are accessible online. Um, other than that, I've been trying to look after myself, go out and get lots of fresh air. I'm really lucky I've got a little balcony and I've been going a bit DIY crazy and planting crazy and just loving it. Loving the time to cook. Like Katie said, I've been doing a lot of cooking, a lot of chatting to friends. Um, and I also am on the doorstep of Crystal Palace Park, which has been a real <laughs> saviour for me. All right, so maybe not nine hours of practice, 90 minutes worth of practice every day? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right, still keeping uh, in touch with the music in that case. Uh, and Eric, from a violinist point of view, what have you been doing with yourself? Well, that, that practice thing is a little bit difficult. It's where you have so much time and uh, theoretically we should be doing about nine hours a day because generally with as much work as we normally do, we don't have the time to do that. But um, I think everyone's been trying their best to get in as much as they can. And every day is better than eight hours once a week. So uh, I've been doing my best at that. Some days are better than others. The interesting thing about practicing though, I have found that it's a great opportunity to practice the things that I need to practice as opposed to the things that I'm about to perform. So that's been a really nice a way to approach practicing these days. Would you say that's been slightly indulgent in that case? Incredibly indulgent. It reminds me of when I was a kid, when I just kind of 
practiced what I what I thought I needed and maybe you know what the teacher thought I needed too but I, I just played because I enjoyed it and, and worked on things because I wanted to work on them as opposed to preparing them for a, a concert in the next 12 or 24 hours which is also nice but it's a nice change. That's interesting because that leads me on to something very much germane to what we're doing right now we're recording this we're talking uh, during mental health uh, awareness week Katie, when you're when you're part of an orchestra like the RPO, when you're part of that group and that group effort to produce, if you're then separated from everybody, does that have an impact on on your own awareness of your own, if not physical well-being, then your mental well-being? Because suddenly you're stripped away from all of that that you that you hold so dear and and know so well. Absolutely. For me, I found that because we've got so much time for ourselves. I can only speak for people um, that live alone, but you're not distracted by other people when you have just yourself. So it kind of forces you to look inwards a bit more and, and listen to myself physically and mentally about what I need. Um, and I found that when I've been working and, and I'm sort of, you know, running around every day, I don't have that awareness so much. So I guess the positive from that is that when you're taken away from this high frequency of work and interaction it's very quiet now so you kind of can listen to yourself a lot more and, and give yourself what you need in terms of good nourishment um, moving your body as much as one needs um, and I guess good food we're eating at home most of the time if not three meals a day I'm sure some people are ordering takeaways and that's absolutely fine but I've really noticed um, a change in my health from cooking every day. It's been amazing. When you feed your body with good food, it actually affects your mind, I think. You're more likely to have better concentration, better energy levels, and then in turn you're able to nourish your body with moving because you have the energy to do that. And obviously if you incorporate you know, a good amount of sleep every night, if that's possible for you, that will also be a piece to the puzzle that is essential for good well-being too. Eric, if I can come to you as a, as a player, uh, with the RPO, you're used to interpreting somebody else's music, but it's also your performance. When your performance is perhaps that indulgent as you were talking about in terms of doing your practice, but doing your practice for yourself, do you draw a sense of self-satisfaction because you're doing it for you? Do you find that positive I think it's very po positive. I mean, I'm doing it for myself, but it's also an investment in the future uh, because ideally at some point, somehow, some way, to some extent, we're going to come out of this and we're all going to get back together again and be playing together again. But to have improved would be ideal and to have not used this time wisely, however long it lasts would be a, a real shame. Sally, we've talked before, you and I, for previous installments of, of, of RPO Extra, the podcast. You were talking about having a balcony. So there's the gardener in you. What uh, encouragement do you draw from being a balcony gardener? Oh, I'm so pleased you've asked me about my balcony, John. I know everyone thinks I bang on about it all the time, to be honest. <laughs> um, but it really, it, it kind of really has kept me sane. Um, in the last couple of months. I just wanted to say quickly as well, a touch on something Eric said about the music thing and having it for yourself. And I think that almost goes hand in hand with my idea about gardening, is that you're doing something for yourself. You're really, in, it is indulgent, you know, you're really putting your heart and soul into just one little project. 
um, that you would never normally have time to do. It goes back to that time thing. And I think also we just have, I have to say, just to reiterate what Katie mentioned, I feel very lucky because there are people that are going to be listening and people amongst our good friends and colleagues that will not have this time at their hands. We have friends who have three or four kids that they are homeschooling. We have people in the orchestra that are up to their eyes in work. We also have lots of members of the orchestra that are going out and doing amazing volunteering work. And, and I just wanted to give a shout out to those because I feel that maybe we're coming from it at quite a you know, different angle. Mental well-being for me is a mixture of keeping busy and again, what Katie says, listening to what feels right for you every day. And for me, some days it might be right to be outside as much as I can. But you know what? I'm going to be honest, for other days, it really might be just sitting on my sofa and putting the telly on. But you have to just do what feels comfortable and what's going to get you through this time that we're all facing. We don't know how long it's going to be before these circumstances change. So I suppose everybody has good days and less good days. The industry of the arts is in a dire situation. The country is in recession, theatres are shut. Uh, there must be good days and bad days. And if you're doing things for yourselves, that's okay. But you have to have one eye on the wider picture. So if there is a, if there is a down day, Eric, what do you do to make it a positive day? I think I do more practicing and more exercise on a, on a difficult day. I, it's like I uh, find solace in getting away and, and focusing on something else. Uh, a, a down day watching the television, especially watching the news, just compounds the problem for me. So as much as I try to keep up, and as you can hear, I'm an American, so I try to keep up with what's going on in both countries. And uh, it's, uh, it's nice just to focus in on something that over which I feel like I have control. Thank goodness you haven't felt the need to do anything with disinfectant in that case. And on that point, I'll move swiftly on. Uh, Sally, how do you deal with the with the less good days? Because we have them. Yeah, we all have them. Um, I think sometimes, do you know what? I just allow myself to wallow, even if it's just for an hour or so. You know, everyone always thinks I'm very happy and upbeat, which I try to be. But I think I also allow myself to be really grumpy sometimes and just sit here and get really fed up. But then I, I'm quite good at shaking it off. So I will force myself to get out and go outside. For me, that always cures a lot. Just get to the park and have a walk, even if it's the last thing I fancy doing. Or I don't know, things like just maybe sending a message to an old friend or chatting to a friend. There's a, it's likely that there's gonna be someone else feeling pretty rubbish at the same time during this peculiar situation. So yeah, I've been reaching out to people. Um, I think day to day for me, I mean, people know that I, I love writing lists and I know Katie's a very keen list writer as well. Um, and that really helps me. If I get up in the morning, I make myself a coffee and I sit down and I usually make a list. In fact, one of the first things I do most mornings is sharpen a pencil. <laughs> love it. 2B, HB, we'll never know. Katie, how, how about you? What is, what is it that gets you out of the doldrums if indeed you encounter um, I would say that I kind of line up a lot with what Sally has said. I'd like to reiterate that when I'm feeling down, I try to sit with it rather than repress it because I think it's inevitable that we are, as Sally said, going to have days where we feel down and demotivated, low in energy. I'd, as you know, Sally says, don't wallow for too long, but um, acknowledge it, accept it 
find a way to move forward and then you will find that um, you can manage the ups and downs much better. Um, for me, I, I, I do have a routine. It's not strict. It's very much like I have a list and I'm ticking these things off. Some of them are big things, some of them are really small things, but it's just that sense of achievement from even just stretching or, I don't know, making a cup of tea or meditating or practicing about 10 minutes of French on Duolingo or something like that. And just that idea of ticking it off for me is like, okay, yes, I've, I've done something and that's great. And making it achievable, I think, is what's going to spare me on to keep doing things. If I was to say, right, I'm going to learn a concerto by the end of the week and if I for whatever reason don't achieve that it's going to be a downward spiral of self-berating and it's not great so I've just sort of managed my expectations for myself. So for all of you in that case it's steps that are relatable to what you do professionally but things that you can use in personal life and as Katie was saying step by step small steps each one an achievement acknowledge that it's an achievement which in turn makes you feel good about yourself and going on to the next stage. Absolutely. Okay, lots of nodding heads, which is great news. Um, if I asked you to go back to the 23rd of March when the government restrictions were put in place, what one thing have you learned about yourselves that you can take forward into, dare I call it, the post-COVID era? Katie? I would say it's been quite eye-opening for me to see how much I don't need in terms of, I guess, um, accumulating things. I've lived with very little and I think I could probably say that I've been extremely happy and felt more wholesome because of that. Um, it's the idea of reducing the materialism has been very fulfilling for me. So I'm going to try and move forward and just be more mindful about when I put my hand in my pocket um, in terms of what that's for, you know, just being more mindful of that and, and just being aware of that short-term rush that it gives you over the long-term rush that you get from living with less. That's okay, really short-term rushes. Sally? Yeah, I, yeah, that sounds, that does sound good, but I, yeah, I think for me, just the, the value of having time and I've always, I've always been one that just takes just little pockets of time every day. And I think, yeah, for me, one of those things, we all have that fear of missing out, you know, that FOMO that everyone talks about. I'm really, I really have that sometimes. I'll be sitting at home and we have maybe one night off usually every two or three weeks, you know, it's a busy orchestra. And I sit down and I think, oh my God, I should be doing something exciting with this night off. I should be going to the theatre, I should be going to watch something, I should go to the cinema, I should be making chamber music with my friends. But let's be honest, a lot of the time I don't do that. I just sit at home because I've got one valuable night off. And I think having all of that taken away has been in, a, in some ways refreshing, even though I'm really looking forward to getting back to work, obviously. And Eric? For me, it's been really amazing to be able to be in contact with uh, so many friends and family members dotted around the world, mostly in the States and, and here, of course. And to be able to call someone and get them or them be able to call and get me is has been just a real benefit and I've really enjoyed it. I've been able to speak with my family almost daily in, in, in Texas and that's been very nice and no one's got to get anywhere generally and occasionally there'll be a Zoom conversation coming up that you have to schedule around but other than that there's not much else and so that's been really nice just to be able to kind of sit down and have a cup of coffee with my family 
uh, so far away. We live near Regent's Park and it's been a real destination now. And to, to be able to watch all the trees come out and all the blossoms come out and the Royal Philharmonic Rose bloom in the, in the gardens and things like that, it's been really, really nice. And I think maybe I'll try to continue using the park a bit more. Well, Get it's out. been a real pleasure to have you on today to talk. Thank you for your time. Uh, look after your physical as well as your mental uh, well-being. And we'll all look forward to getting together and making some music and entertainment for others in the not too distant future. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. My thanks to Katie, Sally and Eric. Keep an eye out for them next time you see the RPO in action yourself. If you've been affected in any way by the points arising from this edition of RPO Extra, there is a wealth of websites that you can look at to find support. To find them, just type Mental Health Awareness Week into your chosen search engine. For all the latest information about the work of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, both on and off stage, just go to the website www.rpo.co.uk. And don't forget, you can join in with a host of activities currently being put out by members of the orchestra under the umbrella title of RPO at Home on all the major social media platforms. Until next time, take care and thanks for listening.